0: The culmination of Iowa spring football is upon us coming up this Saturday with the final scrimmage on the books. We also have another commit to a class that currently it's rather early, of course, but still ranked in the top 20 in the nation on 247 sports. And uh, also the preseason football power index has been released and we will check out where the Hawkeyes rank according to ESPN. Right here at Hawkeyes Live, our 89th edition right here at the Voice of College Football every Tuesday, 530 Eastern, 430 where it counts, where our guy Corey Brad is located from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Get on over to from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Plenty of news that I know Corey's covering with both football and the aftermath of the basketball season and the transfer portal and uh, commits coming in on both fronts. Corey, how you doing? Doing good, Mark. How are you? I am doing just fine. I'm doing well. Uh, I was lamenting earlier today that I have not kept a journal chronicling all the issues that I've had through the years with the football power index. It's a faulty yeah, system. That's, uh,
1: yeah, I, I'm anxious to break that down. I don't know if people have seen that, but um, my, my first reaction, and, and I was... Holes, guns. Um, unfortunately, they're not. Uh, or, or I think based on uh, back when Iowa not on that list is that's ridiculous. And I'm, you know, I'm not high on the Iowa offense, but given what they have returning on defense and given what they have returning on special teams, uh, I would expect Iowa to be preseason top twenty. I can't imagine a scenario where, uh, uh, they have returning on defense and not being in the top twenty-five. That's my first reaction, and you could probably give me a better rundown of.
0: Well, unfortunately, uh, I think we 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 caught the gist of that, which was basically, this is a top 25, 10, 25 team in your estimation and you that that's pretty much all i got out of all that but uh unfortunately uh, but um yeah we can uh look to the uh the saturday spring scrimmage which i believe you're going to attend and yep. uh i will be Iowa, there. I, I, I don't think this is any kind of crucial decision or anything that's um a, a big issue but i i still don't understand why they don't play a spring game or they could do what Michigan state does. They could do what they currently do from an approach standpoint. But for some reason, the big 10 network doesn't broadcast it. Michigan state doesn't do a spring game. They just do a bunch of drills and situations. Uh, Florida state, the same thing, Uh, but sticking to the big 10, Michigan state still has a spot on the big 10 network. I just think that that's a two hour advertising window and then they also replay it countless times. That that should be
1: taken advantage of. Am I coming in clear now, Mark? Uh, you are now. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. I I, I could rip the provider of my <laughs> uh, computer equipment today, but I won't. I won't do that. I'll save that for another day. But um, yeah, I, I, uh, I I've never understood why why not go to a, 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 a formal spring game and be able to promote it on a, a major network. And even if it's not the Big Ten Network, you know, run it on some local channel or whatever the case may be. To me, it's good It's good build, build up and hype for the program. Um, I know that they want to get people there. I know last year, Mark, it was a really short spring practice. Remember, it was like an, an hour and a half or an hour and 15 minutes, and I thought, this is ridiculous. I did not go last year, and I was glad I didn't. I'm going to go this year in spite of the fact that it'll probably be more of the same. And all the reports say that, they have been really dinged up at wide receiver. We've talked about that. So it could be a skeleton of what this team will look like in the fall anyways. But I agree with you. To me, promoting the program and exposure is always a good thing. But it's one of those things that Kirk will probably never, never change on. Um, but I agree with you. Well, well, it provides me with another question that I would like
0: to ask. Kirk Ferentz, if I ever attend a news conference, and it would, I wouldn't ask the question in the middle of November, but at the appropriate time, because again, the Big Ten Network, you know, we're talking, we're not talking about ESPN choosing to show whatever spring games they want to. We're talking about the Big Ten Network. They show all the spring games for everyone. <laughs> they would gladly come to Iowa City. And so I was, and again, Michigan state, they don't play a spring game. They set up a bunch of scenarios. They run drills. They broadcast that. So this is clearly Iowa's decision not to have the big, I don't see any other answer here. It has to be Iowa's decision to say, we don't want to have this
1: broadcast. Yeah. Again, uh, puzzling. I've said that I've, I've, we've had this conversation every year and it doesn't make much sense to me. Um, It's an open open practice but it used to be if i recall it used to be more of a formal spring game i i I don't know i I, it's when i was very young i remember it being a a spring game but as long as i can really remember it it's been a scrimmage and it's not even really a scrimmage it's more of just an open practice uh where guys are doing drills they do some eight on eight work and whatnot but it's it's pretty pretty bare bones so i don't know what we'll learn there are going to be some positions that we've been previewing that I'll be interested to watch for and, and see development at uh, one being at quarterback, certainly with the, the addition of Cade McNamara. I'm anxious to see if Deacon Hill is healthy. What does he look like in spring? Um, you know, they, they've got obviously uh, very little depth at wide receiver, they've got young, talented running backs. Uh, they just got a couple of commits over the last week, Mark, since we were on that will help them in 24, but. Uh, Liddell Betts has done a nice job even building this into a a solid 2023 group so lots of storylines to follow on Saturday and I'll be anxious to see what the weather's like because it seems like spring games at times can be rather rainy we've had such bipolar weather here over the last couple of weeks I haven't even looked at the forecast for Saturday but hopefully the wind is somewhat a non-factor it was an issue last year um You know, you can't really get it. Although Iowa has a pretty good gauge of what they have in the kicking game. That's a good, the good news as it relates to the wind. Um, But uh, the wind always can, you don't want a windy day, at least not for someone who wants to get a read on the offense, because you're not going to get a great read probably on the pass offense and whatnot. So hopefully good conditions and we'll be able to figure some things out. I'm not letting go of the public relations
0: angle to this. I've got one more point to make. Where are they playing this scrimmage? They're not playing at Kinnick, correct? Oh, yeah. It's at Kinnick. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And it's open to the public. It is. Okay. Yep. It right. used to be, It That's used fine.
1: to. you know, they used to do a, a an open practice down at Kinnick, and then they'd go over to West Des Moines Valley High School. And so they'd drive over I-80, about an hour and a half over to Des Moines, and they would do one there for Central Iowans, which I thought was really good. I can't remember when that ended, if that ended in 2019 or if it ended with COVID but it never came back, hasn't come back. And my guess is it doesn't come back. Um, But it was a good, good thing. I thought, well, it lasted. It got a lot of people out there, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is. People will still show up. I don't know how many people to expect. I don't know the average attendance for these spring games. Um, But if you have a lot of it's going to be weather dependent and, you know, it'd be, it'd be great if they could have a, some sort of a scrimmage somewhere other than Iowa City but we'll take what we can get and after this man it's another kind of a dead period at least for uh what's happening on the football field there's going to be a lot of summer workouts and conditioning but as far as media access not much till August late July August 75,000 showed up at uh Ohio State on Saturday yeah, there will not be 75,000 at Kinnick I would say they'll be I I, I'm totally guessing because I I don't follow attendance for spring games I'm guessing Iowa would be happy to get 20,000 in there and by the way of
0: course that doesn't matter I'm just stating that's the only spring game attendance that that
1: I've heard this year yeah my guess is Iowa doesn't even get 10,000 I could be wrong I I have no idea what the average it's hard to judge a stadium when it's 75,000 capacity stadium and see how many people are in there. But my guess is it's around 10,000 or so. You know what also I
0: think is going to happen. When was the last time that you were at, uh, that you attended any kind of Iowa event? Would that have been a probably men's or women's basketball game, I guess.
1: Uh, when was the last Iowa event? I, I, I attended the last basketball uh, men's game of the season oh, against okay. Nebraska. Okay. And so that was early March. Well, I just think that based on the progress that
0: you've made on your channel and with your Iowa content, that there are going to be all sorts of people that are oh
1: going to be glad to see you. Yeah, I'm sure they're just I'm going to have a hard time getting out of my car, Mark. I'm serious. So, uh... <laughs> I am dead serious. <laughs> I, am too. I am too, man. I, I better wear <laughs> dark clothing and cover my face up and have somebody on each side of me.
0: I'm not talking about negative a negative response. Oh, okay. I'm talking about a positive response. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, is there anything in particular that um, you're more intrigued to see out of this scrimmage?
1: I mean, I'm intrigued to see the newcomers. I think just like everybody else, and not just Cade McNamara. I mean, I I have quite a bit of confidence in what Cade's going to bring this team in the fall. Like, I, I think if the line is if the line is healthy and functioning adequately and they can have a decent wide receiver game, he'll be fine. Now, those are two big ifs because they weren't good on either notes last year. They didn't do a ton in the portal at wide receiver. Remember, they swung and missed on a couple of guys, Corey Crooms being one, Isaac DeSlau being another, did land Seth Anderson. Will Seth play on Saturday? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what his his status is. I know he's been out. Jacob Bostic's been out. Those would be two guys that would be near the top of my list of guys to watch for. Um no offense to Nico Ragaini great kid, probably going to be their best receiver this year. I don't need to see him in spring again, Mark. It, it doesn't interest me, um, just from a fan's perspective. Uh, and really somebody who's trying to cover the sport. Like, I, I don't know what else What else are we going to see from Nico Ragaini that's going to make your eyes pop. He kind of is what he is. Um, you know, there's other guys on the roster. I mean, I've heard good things about Reese Osgood, who's a walk-on. But, man, we heard good things about Alec Wick last year as a walk-on, too, and he didn't make much of an impact once we hit spring if we're counting on walk-ons to rise the depth chart at wide receiver and become impact big 10 players, we got, we're in trouble. All right. I'm just going to say that right now. If we're counting on the likes and no offense to those guys personally, but if we're counting on Alec wick and Reese Osgood, and I'm trying to think who else is on the the roster. Uh, I don't even know if, uh, Jackson Ritter is still on the roster. I guess that'd be, be a good question. I need to look at the roster. He got hurt last year. Had played a little bit in 2021. Got hurt last year. Was out for the season. So you can't rely on on walk-ons. Is, is my point. And with Brody Breck stepping away to focus on baseball, they're thin. And the portal window is back. The portal window is open now. The second cycle, and lots of guys are in the portal. Mark, and it seems like the majority of the big names that I'm hearing are playing at what position.
0: The big names that you're
1: like the big names that you well, you can't guess what I'm hearing. I'm saying the big names that are in the portal so far of the first few days, what's the 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 most popular position, it seems like?
0: Well, if this question was coming from anyone else, I would have no idea. And and I look at the transfer portal listings like five times a day. Okay. But since it's coming to you
1: from you, I would say wide receiver. Seems to me that there's more wide receiver, big okay. name wide receivers than anywhere else. And I mean, skill position players, whether you're talking about running back, wide receiver, if they're not on the depth chart or they've fallen down, they're more likely to transfer. We understand that. But uh, there have been a number of big names at wide receiver entering the portal. Now, a lot of them are probably entering the portal because they're getting beaten out. We understand that. But, I mean, who's the kid that just entered today that, that I retweeted? Did you see that, Mark? I did not. Uh, let's see. Was he from TCU? Jordan Hudson? Uh, did he you know, know his stats from last year? I don't think he probably did anything from last year, but he where is this retweet? Here it is. Jordan Hudson um, was the let's see, transfer rating of ninety-three according to Clint Brewster of two four seven sports, one of the top recruits of the twenty twenty two class, um, out of TCU. He's entering the portal. I wanted to see see if I can find there was another stat on him. Uh, So he was, according to on three, he was a five-star in 2022. So Uh, I don't remember him. Uh, Now that I'm looking at his
0: numbers, um, you know, he played in the playoff game against Michigan, caught two passes for 34 yards. He caught 14 passes and had three touchdowns. He scored two touchdowns against Iowa state. That would come in handy next year and uh, another touchdown on the season. But for him to get uh, enough targets to catch two passes totaling 34 yards in a playoff game.
1: No, I mean, uh, again, Charlie Jones, there, there are guys who leave their schools this time of year for other reasons other than that. Just they suck. Like we can't just assume that, Oh, there's nobody out there. That that's just foolish thinking. And I don't think I was taking that approach. My guess is Tyler Barnes is head first in the portal right now, looking at people, looking at names, Throwing names at his father-in-law, uh, and and rightfully so. Um, but man, I, I you know that's a big name. I, I mean, I would already on three's tweet from five hours ago. On three's tweet about him entering the portal has over fifteen hundred likes, two hundred one retweet, retweets, and one hundred thirty-two comments. He's a big name, and so there's going to be other schools that are in the same situation as Iowa. So can Iowa land him? Let's just call a spade a spade. Probably not. But, Mark, I'll never, ever endorse the idea of, well, we probably can't get a gift, Let's Why we even try? Like, we, we said that a year ago with, with quarterback. That's I heard that from how many fans a year ago. Well, that guy's never going to come here. Why would we waste our time, Mark? Well, <laughs> Cade McNamara is here, and he's one of those guys that I guarantee you, a year ago people would have been saying the same thing. So you never know. Now, wide receiver has been a real position of weakness here and a position of struggle. This offense does not. Uh, highlight wide receiver play very well, but things got to change. And I don't know how much an NIL can make an impact. How much can you offer a kid? I know they're not offering kids money per se, but you know, they're, they're giving an idea of what these kids can make once they get here. How much can they present to him? I don't know. Can they compete with the other big names? And this is just one guy. There've been other guys out there. I saw several guys from Texas. Uh, Jaden Alexis was a four-star back in the 21 class. Uh, he's in the portal, Brennan Thompson, another top 75 kid, 2022, uh, he's back in the portal and these are young guys, but Hey, they're going from Texas to, to uh, Iowa. You never know. Marque- uh, Marquez Dorch four-star recruit in 2022 That 22 class has reaped a lot of transfer portal rewards for, uh, some teams out there. So, I mean, I would hope that I was, I, I just, wouldn't you hope that some of those guys, I know that recruiting rankings are just that recruiting rankings, Mark. But wouldn't you hope, given the teams that they played for, given their their high school film and and who's after you? Wouldn't you expect Iowa to be probably making contact with some some of these players? <laughs> One I would, would hope be. so.
0: I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, that I had a theory that I proposed before the transfer portal opened on April fifteenth, and that's in addition to what we've seen in the past of productive Group of Five players who were lowly regarded coming out of high school, signed with a group of five team, had a strong two or three-year run with a group of five school, and then now want to be developed by a different coaching staff, a better coaching staff, put themselves more in the spotlight and prepare themselves for an NFL push that the other bucket of players, and I said this last week, and I think we're seeing this starting on Saturday with the entry of the parents for portal, is that you're going to see a lot of 2022 class they've played that that are highly ranked players yeah. because they expect to play right away they got into a situation whether they are third or fourth in line behind some really good players or they didn't perform as well as expected didn't learn the system as well as expected but now that they've seen that they didn't play the first year and now they've gone through a spring where they see the writing on the wall that they're not going to play or play much going into 23 they're redshirt freshman or sophomore season, that there's going to be a flood of top recruited players from the 22 class in the transfer portal.
1: And here's the thing. Uh, The first guy off the bat that we mentioned, uh, Jordan Hudson, TC wide receiver. I don't even know much about him other than the stats you just gave me. I know he's a five-star based on just what we know. If he somehow came to Iowa, even though he's a spring portal entry. Okay. And there's a stigma about spring portal entries. If he chose to come to Iowa, he would probably right off the bat be Iowa's most talented receiver. Not saying he'd be the best. I think Nico Regan, you can't just say that about a guy who's just entering the portal and a guy who's in his fifth year. But I think automatically he comes in and he's basically their most talented wide receiver. And I don't think it's really that close. I really don't. I don't think it's close at all. And, and I haven't even seen this kid's tape. <laughs> so maybe that's <laughs> foolish of me to say, Mark. But don't you think? Wouldn't you agree with that? Again, he was
0: good enough to be on the field to get enough targets to catch two passes in a college football playoff game against yeah. Michigan.
1: On a, Yeah, on a team that went to the national championship game. So, um, anyways, there's a number of guys going to the portal. There'll be more guys entering the portal over the next week. But again, I would just hope, even though this is still spring practice time for Iowa, that's the only disadvantage about Iowa's schedule. You notice that? The, am I correct in saying spring... Maybe you're going to tell me I'm wrong on this, but... Spring practices across the country, some of them have ended,
0: correct? Sure. Most of them at this point. Most of them
1: have ended. So am I correct in saying basically all of the spring practices that you've watched on television or heard about, those were all the last practices that concluded spring practice at the respective schools? Absolutely. Okay. So if that's the case, then Iowa's schedule, whether it be related to weather or whatever it may be, Iowa's schedule puts them at a disadvantage with this transfer portal cycle. Because the last week of spring practice is overlapping the first week of the portal cycle. And it's a small window where these kids are jumping in the portal. And yes, I know they have plenty of staff, but don't you think that puts them at a disadvantage, Mark?
0: I think that uh, this is the first time I gave it any thought, but I think it's an interesting point that you bring up as to whether teams in the future will look at their spring practice schedule versus the portal window and say, we want to adjust and we want to move it up and counter that so I think everything that you said makes perfect sense now how much of an impact that's going to be I don't know I think players are still going to land where they they want to be but the one name that you have mentioned during this live stream more than any other name is going to be or could be a reason why I was in a better position to bring in wide receiver talent this cycle
1: than last cycle and that's Cade McNamara. Well, they had Cade McNamara much of last cycle. They had Cade McNamara when Isaac Theslaw turned down Iowa. They had Cade McNamara when uh, Seth Anderson committed to Iowa. So okay. I mean, they got him early in the cycle, Mark. i uh, not saying you're wrong that they, they can't attract somebody given who he is. I do think losing Brody Brecht from a portal stamp, I know Brody Brecht hasn't proven anything, but it's one less guy, one less scholarship guy for someone to look at and say, hey, I got to beat him out, right? There's just less guys. Um and they've had injuries. So if you're the coaching staff, you could say, hey, we like the guys we got here. Right. Don't give me or you're not you're not you're not going to become an automatic starter if you commit here. But there's opportunity. Uh, we've had guys leave. We've had we've had injuries. Um, so there's going to be opportunity now. I think in an ideal world, you'd have your wide receiver room set prior to spring. Right. That's the ideal world. But college football is less than the ideal world now. So. This portal cycle is going to be big. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine, Mark, Iowa leaving this portal window without at least one wide receiver. I I can't even comprehend. Can you imagine? Could you imagine? Because how could they do well, First of all, we won't know for certain until August, right? Because I'm I, I, correct in saying, I think I'm correct in saying, they could add somebody all the way up to the, the ninth hour or the 11th hour, right? Am I correct sure. in saying that? Uh, because guys who are in the portal for these, this two-week period don't have to have selected a team um, by the end of the portal window. They can be in the portal. People can contact them. Also, graduates can enter at any point. Charlie Jones entered in June. So the point is, Iowa could add somebody late, but you better <laughs> I wouldn't be putting any stock and hope that they do that. They need to be getting somebody. What I would do if I'm on Iowa, and I know it's easier said than done, right? I'd go do my best to land a big fish at wide receiver. That's out there right now. I'd go out and land a big fish at wide receiver. And then I would look for another one. Not as hard. I mean, I'm landing one. I'm going full board on this to get one right now. And then I would say, Hey, we're going after another, but we're open to waiting. We're open to waiting. If that, the right person's not here over the next couple of weeks. And we'll see what happens in summer. We'll see what grad transfers pop up at the at the last second. That's how I would approach it. I know it's a lot easier said than done. I know was at a severe disadvantage due to its due to its own style of play and and whatnot. Um, I think they probably have nil things that they can. I mean, big names, five star recruit. You're telling me they can't get a decent nil deal for that kid? Sure, they can. Um, but again, they, they have some disadvantages. So we'll see what, what what transpires. And like I said, I'll be fascinated to see on Saturday what that room looks like.
0: This is what they should have done. They should have made sure that their spring scrimmage was on BTN, and then they would have thrown the ball, and I would have run gadget plays all over the place and flea flickers and thrown the ball every play and just... Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I, I You know, listen. stuff. It, if we're going to run Sam Laporta at quarterback in the out in the bowl game to be funny because that's all w- what other reason is there to do that right uh yeah i agree like do i'm not saying you just waste an entire practice but you, you i get what you're saying yeah Cade McNamara said they're gonna open it up let's let's just show these transfer portal recruits what that means wasted opportunity didn't happen the only
0: uh Disclaimer, I will say to the the point that you made about the the spring game or the spring scrimmage, depending on your team being the last uh, practice. I have seen a trend in recent years. Now, this is still the minority of teams, but where they have followed up the final spring game with one more practice. And I think the theory is we review the tape of the spring practice and we can yeah. kind of correct things and, and that'll be our final practice. So I've seen that a little bit, but... Yeah, basically it's all said and done with the spring game with the spring scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh we'll see what happens. Um can we talk about the the running backs mark that committed Absolutely. over the past week? So Isaiah uh or Isaiah, I'm sorry. Uh Xavier Williams uh committed bigger running back, uh bigger back. Uh, I don't want to say he's just your thunder. I hate using that term thunder and lightning because I uh, to me uh, Iowa has targeted more balanced backs since Liddell Betts has gotten here. We talked about that with Jazzy and Patterson and even Caleb Johnson. More balanced guys, with, which I think serves them well. I'm really excited about uh, Brevin Dahl. Um He is there's Xavier Williams, yeah, listed at 220. Uh, he's got another year in front of him, Mark. So he's a big he's a big boy at six foot two twenty from St. John uh, in uh, Indiana. But Brevin Dahl, man, I'm telling you. Uh, I know less about Xavier Williams, more about Brevin Dahl. Dude ran like a 10.74 at state last year in his 100 meter, and that's not like all world time mark, but that's pretty fast. I mean, that's that's like Cooper to Gene speed, uh, and Cooper to Gene's got some wheels. I said that in my my uh, segment here a day or two ago on my channel. And I know there's a stigma uh, mark about white running backs. Like that's kind of the elephant in the room when you see a kid who's projected as as a back. And maybe he ends up playing a different position, but man, you watch him on film, and I get it's Adele, DeSoto, Minburn level football. But he only 6'1", 190, He's returning punts, returning kicks. He's hard to bring down. I'm excited about him, and as I've as I have watched more and more film of him, like there's certain guys over the last two years, and I'm certainly not saying I'm a recruiting savant, but there's certain guys over the last couple of years that I watch on tape, even in extensive highlight film and packages which you have to take with a grain of salt but i watch certain guys mark and i just think there's something about them i cannot identify what it is but there's something that looks like this kid could be special and i said that about uh caleb johnson as a lot of people did i said that about uh, addison astringa that's yet to be seen but astringa definitely made a case um for being one of the quickest learning freshmen i think last year in that class especially at tight end and i see that in doll um Like I said in in my video yesterday, or two days ago, really good center of gravity, hard to bring down, really good speed, deceptive speed, um, appears to have good vision, is patient, uh, which is certainly what you want to see in a back. Don't always see that uh, when you have guys that are just physically better than your opponent at the high school level. But he is a guy who I I would guess he ends up being a back at Iowa. And he also had offers, Mark, from Purdue, Minnesota, K-State, Iowa State, some good, Especially Minnesota and Iowa State, we've talked about what they've done at running back, and so whenever you get a guy who's being recruited by the likes of Minnesota and uh, Iowa State, guy who's a running back, I think that's a good sign. So I'm excited about him, Mark. Um, you know, uh, I'm not going to make any comparisons to him based on skin color, but man, you watch him, and I'm like, dude's got a little Christian McCaffrey in him. I, I take, I'm saying that with a huge grain of salt. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying with his his deceptive explosion. Like I remember watching Christian McCaffrey in the, in the Rose bowl in 2016 and thinking this kid, let I me, mean, he, he was cut. No, no question about it, but then he gets on the field and he's just running by everyone. And I kind of see a little bit of that. albeit at the high school level with Brevin doll. And, uh, you know, I, I guess you could probably ar- argue he's under been under recruited, but again, solid offers. And that probably does it for the 24 class at, at running back. Uh, I would guess, although, with the, the portal and and e-committing and whatnot things can always change but a good few uh days for Liddell Betts and that recruiting staff and um they'll move on like I said I, still the, the biggest need moving forward in future cycles continues to be wide receiver in my opinion um but running back is uh, they've, they've got a good group now to, and, and they'll, of course if they retain these two guys Xavier Williams and Dahl, they'll add on to and Patterson and uh uh Caleb Johnson who I think are the future of this this group.
0: The one recruiting comment uh, came right at the beginning of the show and uh Keith Fuson is making a comment here that uh so Iowa ranks 44th in recruiting for 2023 that means it is not a top 25 program. Well, Okay, that's a flawed statement, first and foremost. If Iowa does not improve its recruiting, then it will remain a 7-5 and five program. Um, Keith, you may want to check the records. I wouldn't call this a 7-5 and five program because the aggregate records are far better than 7-5. and five. Actually, uh, Corey and I traded uh, uh, DMs this week. The 11th best uh, Power 5 record over the last 10 years belongs to Iowa.
1: If I'm not mistaken, they have not won less than eight games since 2014. No, is that right? 2014, counting the bowl game, obviously. Counting the bowl game, coming off a seven-five
0: season, they went
1: seven and five. But you're right; they went six and two in the COVID-reduced season. They won uh, ten games in uh, 2021. They won 10 games in 2019, so get out of here with that nonsense. By the way, Keith's not watching right now. I guarantee you, I'm calling on Keith. If you're in here, Keith, you you comment in the chat. I guarantee you, Keith's not watching right now. He, he literally just jumped in. and Come in here, left a snarky remark just before we were even on. The, that comment was here before we went on the air, Mark. So if Keith's in here, you prove me wrong. You comment. I guarantee you, Keith's not in this chat.
0: Yeah, it, you can certainly knock Iowa's recruiting. You can certainly knock their offense. Obviously, you can knock the the results to a certain extent. But just let's be factual about it. Uh, this is a program that is producing top fifteen results in the country.
1: Why? Why do we, Mark? Why do we even play the games if 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 record is determined by recruiting rankings? Why do we even play the games? Why do we Why do we have practices? Why do, Why do we practice? Why do we do any of that? That's a naive statement, Keith. Be be better, Keith. I expect better. You gotta bring it when you're on this show. Recruiting is a slice. Yeah. It's a slice. It's a significant slice. And Iowa has absolutely significant. Iowa hasn't
0: the the lower we go down the recruiting rankings, I think, the less significant it is. I don't think there's a whole lot of difference. There's there's a difference, certainly between a number 20 class and a number 45 class, but it can be negated by coaching and development.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, hair trigger makes a good point in the chat when it comes to quarterbacks and wide receivers. Those are two positions Iowa has not developed. That's absolutely the case. And with the exceptional development on defense and on special teams and at times up front with individuals on that offensive line. And recently they've had issues developing as a unit, but you know, those are the wide receiver and quarterback, man. Those two positions uh, have held this program back for, well, at least the last three years. Um, and you could argue, you know, even before that. So anyways, we've talked about that at nauseum. But uh, bottom line is I'm excited about those two backs in 24. Um, like I said, good stretch of recruiting. And Iowa has secured the border in the state, Mark. Six of the, according to, to uh, I believe it was 247 Sports, Iowa has six of the top eight Iowa prospects. Six of the top eight and the other two are undecided, including the number one prospect who's a, a tackle, four star tackle out of Logan, Iowa. So Iowa State don't have one of the top eight. That's that's almost startling, concerning if I was a Cyclone fan. Because you gotta secure the border. F- I mean, football in the state of Iowa is a lot better than it was, you know, twenty, thirty years ago. Um, there's good prospects coming out of the state every single year. And yes, it's not a Xavier Wampa year, yes, it's not a Caden Proctor year but they've still got good prospects out there. Iowa's done a nice job and they're not done yet, but they've done a nice job within the borders.
0: I'm, I'm putting the finishing touches on um, my 2023 program ranking. So I'll be curious uh, to, to get your take on those and where I place Iowa uh, in terms of their current program status. Like talent rankings or... Program rankings, what I consider oh. program rankings. When you put together, you put together the, the the coaching staff, the the talent on the current roster. You put together the the recent run, the trajectory, the brand, the the fan base, the everything that's involved in a program.
1: But you're ranking nation nationwide. Or you're ranking in the conference. Everybody in the nation. I, again, I, I think I was probably right in that 20 to 30 range would be my, I mean, I don't know how, like they're, they're one of the easiest teams to rank, right? Cause they're so consistent with what they do. They're putrid on offense. They're great on defense They're great on special teams. It's like you start here in the meat in the You're middle right. and the, uh, the great defense puts you up here and the terrible defense puts you down here or terrible offense puts you down here. And then the, the great special teams puts you right back where you started. Right. They're kind of a, a they're middling to above average program every single year. And, and the other reason and this is connected to that,
0: that they're easy to rank is because of Kirk Ferentz. Yeah. you have the same coach there all the time. The coach is a huge component in all of this. Absolutely. We can name programs We can go all over the country and say that this program is in a different place today for better or worse than it was five years ago or 10 years ago. Iowa is not. It's in basically the same place.
1: By the way, I uh, I tagged Brian Ference in the post um, about uh, <laughs> Jordan Hudson entering the portal. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't. I'm sure he needed me to let him know. I'm sure nobody let him know that a five-star receiver entered the portal. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he doesn't know. Would that shock you? Would that shock you if like, Kirk and Brian had no idea... It would not shock me. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I, I know if, I, if
0: I had to, to, to bet one way or the other, I would think that they do know, but it wouldn't shock me if they did not. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of rankings, you know, you brought this to my attention, but I already had, had addressed this uh, on an earlier show on the main channel this afternoon, because I was just about to take calls and go on with a, an afternoon uh, live stream and i saw in googling college football news boom the latest edition of the espn football power index has been released and i'll get your thoughts on both just the football power index in general and then also i ranking as we bring it up here and uh and then i will let you know
1: about my issues with the okay you, 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 and you're going to have to walk me through the criteria of the FPI, how it's measured, because I really, I don't know. I know that Iowa, I looked at this list earlier and I thought, okay, if, if we're just talking about projecting forward, which is all these preseason polls are doing, um, if we're talking about projecting forward, Iowa's way too low because of what they bring back on defense, the the improvement at quarterback, even though I I don't have a lot of, Hope right now at wide receiver, and I, I big question marks in that offensive line. Heck, Mark, they won eight games last year with with an historically bad offense. And I think they're going to be close to as good on defense. Don't know that I can say as good. They are losing two really good running uh, linebackers, in, uh, Seth Benson and Jack Campbell. But, yeah, I don't know. Where, where are they at? Are they 37th? Is that? Okay. Yes. So seven and four so they have them at seven basically seven and a half wins yes so so basically that's, that's stupid the, that's the first just, thing
0: that needs to be the first thing that needs to be explained to everyone is that is a regular season projection of wins and losses and so the obvious response to that is it stupid. doesn't add up to 12 so how does that make any sense well there is a projection of the possibility or probability of going to the conference championship game and finishing off a 13 game regular season and therefore you see what chances they give it's about 20 percent so 7.4 if it was 4.6 that would add up to 12 so it's 0.2 past that so if you do the math folks and i'm doing it for you they're giving iowa about a 20 percent chance of going to the big 10 championship game
1: so you're telling me conference championship games are considered regular season games? I'm telling you that's what they're considering here. Okay, thought, I thought that thought was postseason because that used
0: to be con- very confusing for a lot of people, and I and I figured it out basically um, by just looking at various things. Like you just see as you go down the ranks that over twelve quotient of games that disappears because they give those teams zero chance of making the conference championship game. If you go to the top, they're giving Ohio State an 80% chance of going to the Big Ten championship game.
1: Well, so as my, again, there's certain people out there who have watched my show who don't like me because they think I'm a hater because I tell it like it is, or at least I think I tell it like it is. I have been more than critical of some of the offseason moves over the past few months, especially with the offensive staff. But, Mark, you and I have talked about this. I don't see any way they win any less than eight or nine games. I don't. I don't see it either. So, I mean, like, I don't know what this FPI is looking at. What, okay. what is it looking I'll, at? How I'll do they you. get there?
0: <laughs> so, basically, it is a combination of talent and coaching. So, forget the record for a second, because you will see teams that have a higher ranking and a worse record. Because... They then take their FPI, which is their evaluation of how good the team is. They measure it against the record. And obviously there are teams that play better in more difficult schedules that they think because of that will have worse records. So the record doesn't always correlate exactly with the FPI. So let's stick to the FPI with Iowa at 37. They're basically making a measurement of talent and experienced talent production coming back and coaching. That's basically what they're doing. They're putting those three factors together and they put a high grade on talent. That's why Ohio state is losing possibly the best quarterback in the country and was decent on defense last year, but not that good marginal on defense and they have a lot of offensive line issues. They're losing their three best offensive linemen, and they're ranked number one in the country. And I don't think they should be. It's 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 very much driven by recruiting rankings and talent. So what's the what's the record on the far right? What is that record on the far right that I'm seeing? Seven point four wins and four point eight losses. Okay. So
1: I, I guess I'm confused. What's the number in blue?
0: Uh, that's great. Uh, great question. I Let me see. Let's see what it says at the top. That is whatever the FPI, whatever their formula is, just like kind of a quarterback okay. rating tops okay. out at whatever, 149.5. Uh, the FPI tops out at who knows what, what the number is,
1: but you so see. It's, it- the, the FPI is, is not, these rankings are not ranking teams based on their their number of wins and their number of losses. Although that's no, projected no. here, it's not in that order. You see a team with projected, LSU's exactly. projected with 9.6 wins yep. ahead of a team projected with 10 wins in Texas. Because they have a what they consider a more difficult schedule. Right. Yeah. The, F, let me, let me the
0: FPI is strictly a, we think these are the best teams in the country from 1 to 133
1: in order. Yeah. And, and that tells you how good they think Ohio State is because <laughs> um, they've got them at almost
0: 12 wins. Now, what jumps out to me is that I think Texas is way too high. Uh, not way too high. They're a very talented team. I just don't think they're proven. I would put Michigan ahead of Texas. But more importantly, you know, Iowa show. Let's get back down to the Hawkeyes here. So...
1: The 37th, Mark. 37th.
0: Yeah, they're too low. Too low. They're, they're better than Syracuse. Yes. They're probably better than Pitt. They're they probably are, better than Minnesota, Mark. You know what's strange? Look at Minnesota's record. That is weird, isn't it? They're telling us that Minnesota's and they play in the same division they basically play they play each other and then they play five other teams that are exactly the same. so they've they're, got six games that are exactly the same. Their
1: conference schedule is tougher they're out of, they're out of division conference is tougher, Mark and they're they're not well has to be, and their non-conference schedule is considerably they've, tougher. They've got Colorado. Well, that's tougher than Utah State and Iowa State. Iowa State went, what, 3-9 and nine last year? Oh, you know, Minnesota plays North Carolina, too. Okay, so that's, no, that's the don't. reason. No, they I'm sorry.
0: Let me correct that. They've played Colorado the last two years. They play North Carolina yeah, this year. There you go. So
1: yeah. the, there you go. And and again, their crossover schedule is tougher. So all of that makes sense. I still think Iowa should be ahead of Minnesota in these rankings. I mean, I, go
0: ahead. And I know that these numbers are rounded off. Of course, it's probably, for Iowa, 7.48629 wins. But if you look at Minnesota's, they've got them playing 12.2 games, which they are giving them, even though they have a worse record by a full game, giving them just as much of a chance, uh, probability of going to the
1: championship game. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't. Uh, I just want to know who the. I know this is all a formula and there's a methodology behind it. Just tell me who the. who If they're going to go, basically, let's round it to seven and five. Yeah. So they're going to go seven and five, Mark. Who are their five losses? We went through the schedule before. We we'll don't have to do it again, but who are their five losses? Uh, they
0: would lose to. Remind me who they play in the East Penn State.
1: Okay. Penn State, Rutgers. And Michigan State. At home. At home. I believe. Okay. They
0: Correct. would lose, in my estimation, if they lost five games this year, my guess would be they're losing to Penn State. Yep. Wisconsin. Minnesota. Get
1: Wisconsin. Michigan's,
0: Michigan State and then either Illinois or Nebraska. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're mean, losing to
1: anybody that... They, possi- they possibly could lose. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, anything's possible. I'm not yeah, saying it it's impossible, sure. but I think it's m- more very likely. We went through. We've done this before. I think it's very likely they end up with at least eight or nine wins. And I think nine wins are more likely than eight. Mark, I really do. Based on the schedule, I think nine wins are more likely than eight. Oh, that's nice.
0: Uh, what do we have here? Oh my goodness!
1: Can we ban him? Can we ban Eisman fifty-seven?
0: Eisman57 is contributing $10. And now <laughs> there have been two occasions that I can think of that I refused to read a super chat because they were just completely inappropriate. But I, I did not pre read this. But it, hey, he's just, Eisman's just taking a little, he's just having a little fun here. But
1: he's basically saying, great show. Well, thank you, Eisman. Please don't ever confuse Brada and Barta. I appreciate that. But, uh, um, but what is he saying about, you hear me scream, Bradda should be tarred and feathered and ran out of Iowa. I'm, okay, I see what you're saying. I'm like, what, what what's going on there? Okay. Yeah, I, we appreciate the super chat, Iceman. Did you hear me, Corey, make a prediction? Did Who's, I make any kind of prediction? Somebody's saying you're, you made a prediction. No. What, People don't you- listen
0: to the show. That's what they're not listening to. Corey <laughs> asked me if <laughs> Iowa were to lose five games if so he is forcing me to choose five losses
1: <laughs> listen to the show mark if they criticize. lost if they lost 12 games who would they be to <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> hmm
1: oh my word
0: ah uh, yes number one if you ever hear me make a prediction in april then you didn't listen right because i don't make predictions in april first and foremost yeah so
1: uh Mark, do you have anything else on this? I know we, we talked about looking at the DBs. It's kind of. A- yes, we, we can absolutely do that. Let me,
0: let me just say two things real quick about the FPI. One would be that, uh, I, I, I told you before we started to record and, and talking Iowa sports and Dean, whoever, uh, I appreciate the, the apologies. Not a big deal. Okay. But thank you for that. Um, so for example, this is how bad the FPI can be. And again, no system's going to predict predict the the season flawlessly, of course. It's 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 uh you know, human beings are playing and computers are projecting. In 2019, when Urban Meyer left Ohio State and Dwayne Haskins went to the NFL, Ohio State had a new coach and a new quarterback. And the FBI gave Ohio State a six percent chance of winning the Big Ten. Six percent chance of winning the Big Ten. Now, in what universe could Ohio State play a hundred Big Ten seasons and only win the conference six times? That was totally insane. And then they went twelve and zero and won the Big Ten championship <laughs> and went to the playoffs. That's that's just. And then the other thing about the FPI, it's directly connected to the win probabilities that you see for games. And then you see them change during games. Those are completely off, too, because I don't know how many times that there's a decent comeback. Not something that's just historic, but a decent comeback that you'll see a team's down two touchdowns with six minutes left and they win the game. And you'll hear this. The FBI had the win probability at 99.8%. Why? No, that doesn't make any (laughs) sense. Oh, my word. And and, uh, the the best, and I will get off my soapbox about this, but the the best example that I can think of was the 2017 AFC Championship game, Jags-Patriots. We know what the histories of the two teams are, and one particular player that's on one of those teams and his history they're down by 10 points with like 10 or 11 minutes 10 or 11 minutes left in the game the fpi was like 99.2% i'm like are you kidding me the patriots and the jags this is like a 50-50 game now giving them a 10 point lead with 10 minutes right. left
1: yeah well Stupid. i wonder what the fpi was when uh with with the patriots down what three touchdowns against the falcons oh it had to be astronomical 99.9 probably
0: And that's understandable.
1: Sure. Yeah. Those extremes I get. Yeah. If you're in the 99 range. Yeah. So maybe I
0: just uh, enjoy pointing out my former employer's flaws. (laughs) You have every right to do it, Mark. I used to rail on that though, when I worked there too. All right. Uh, Iowa, of course, always fields a strong defensive backfield. What do we think uh, is in play
1: for 2023? Well, we've been kind of doing this somewhat informally. We've been talking about the DBs, and I can, if you want, I, Mark, I can go ahead and share my screen here, um, pull up the the list of DBs on the Iowa football roster, kind of give people an idea of what we're talking about here. Um, so, yeah, you've got, well, I was going to move it around, but actually I don't think that really does as much good. Uh, I'll zoom in here. So, obviously it starts with cooper to gene uh you lose riley moss in the back end uh but cooper boy he's got an opportunity assuming he stays at corner which my guess is he does uh he's got an opportunity to be the best corner in uh, the big 10 mark um i don't even know and and, you know i've you've ripped me for saying that kind of stuff before uh when i say something about being the best and you're like well you don't know the field you can't say that well that's true (laughs) I'll say that about Cooper DeGene. I think he's got. I ripped you. I think he's got a chance to be the best in the Big Ten, one of the best in the country. I think he's that good. Um, he'll be a starting corner. Obviously, you're going to get uh, Jamari Harris back. Remember, he was out all of last year. Uh, Terry Roberts transferred out, so there's more opportunity for uh, for Harris to jump right back in the mix and be uh, a starter opposite Cooper DeGene. And then some question marks. I mean, at corner. You know, is it is it Deshaun Lee? I know he was, uh, surprisingly, Mark, he was listed on a pre-spring depth chart. He got here in summer of last year, was not an early enrollee, um, was one, actually one of the late ads in February to that recruiting class, the only late ad in February of 2022. Um, he was listed on a depth chart, kid from Belleville, uh, Michigan. So it'll be interesting to see his development. AJ Lawson feels like he's been in the program a long time. I think this is, what, his third or fourth year. Um, yeah, I really don't know where they even got him running right now, if he's running at corner, if he's running at safety, but he's still there. Jamison Heights played a little bit against Nebraska, struggled, but came in in relief of TJ Hall, who's another guy we didn't bring up. TJ uh, is going to prove a lot of people wrong, I think, this year. He's great athlete, and we, I know the connections to, to Don Patterson, if people have been following the show, we've talked about TJ. He struggled in a couple of big plays against some really good skill position talent, Casey Thompson, Trey Palmer last year, he will use that. My guess is he'll use that as ambition and he'll be better this year because of the struggles in Lincoln or uh, in Iowa City. Um, and he'll he'll have a good year. How much will he play? Will they bring him in exclusively on nickel packages? I don't know. Um, but he's got good size for a corner. He's long. He's a good athlete. Um, he's got a great uh, he's, he's got a great future ahead of him and, and again, injuries always seem to occur at corner. Uh, Cohen and Tringer is a guy that there have been some, there has certainly been some uh, hype around him this spring. I keep hearing his name being brought up. So that's that's good news. Uh, he was a former Central Michigan decommit. commit. Um, this is his second year in the program. So he uh, he was a summer enrollee last year as well. So a retro freshman, but I've heard some good things about him. Um, but of course, it starts with um, at safety Quinn Schulte and Xavier Wampa. I mean, those two guys uh, were really good in the bowl game last year, specifically Wampa. Schulte was kind of steady Eddie um, throughout the season last year. We didn't know who was going to be replacing Jack Kerner. And I thought he didn't miss a beat, Mark. And that's, that's always a good sign for a guy who I think is a former walk-on. Sebastian Castro played a lot of cash last year. I thought, I thought played admirably at that position. And my guess is Castro gives them confidence that they can keep Cooper DeGene at corner and feel just fine um, when they have to go to that cash package. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm confident in Sebastian. Who plays after Sebastian? What, what do they do if he goes down? Uh, that, that's kind of a question mark, I guess, for me. Uh, what do they do at cash if he goes down? You know, is it a guy like uh, Cooper DeGene that they slide down? Uh, you know, is it someone like uh, TJ Hall? I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I'd just be totally speculating. that Xavier Wampa slide down. They throw someone else back at safety. Good question. Devin Hilson is a guy who switched positions last year. Uh, came in as a running back from Des Moines North uh, is now listed as a DB. I'm assuming at safety. So, I mean, there's obviously some walk-ons and uh, Schulte a perfect example of it. Jameson Hines is a good example. You never know. Jackson Rexroth has been on the depth chart at safety in the past. I believe on the two deeps uh, Watts McBride, the freshman from Cedar Rapids, uh, Kale Koleric has another walk-on that's on the roster. So I- I'm not really worried about this position, Mark. Uh, frankly, Uh, linebacker concerns me more simply because of the attrition. Um, Although they lose Moss here, you have confidence in what Phil Parker's doing to, uh, to replace him. So uh, any questions, Mark, that's my, that's my, my quick breakdown on the, the DBs for the spring.
0: If this um, group of defensive backs plays to your expectation, so they could certainly play better or they could hit the floor, but, a reasonable expectation you know where do you think this ranks versus previous iowa editions?
1: that's a great question i mean I, i'm trying to think of the last time i'd say iowa had a below average defensive back group It's it's been a long time now they have been years mark where they've been riddled with injury at that it's almost seems like every year i mean they have constantly got guys going down at corner is that a thing across the country or is that just iowa seems like that's the most injured position on the football field yeah that's kind of strange. I mean uh, we're t- I mean you just go down the list Terry Roberts dealt with tons of injuries at Iowa uh, we mentioned Jamara Harris was out last year um, you know Moss had t- plenty of time out Hankins had plenty of time out I mean that's football part of that's just football but it seems like that position suffers a lot. I-, I don't know I mean they there were years where I thought that was probably the weak link but they've also had some tremendous playmaker. Uh, talent come out of Iowa and and exceed at the next level. So uh, I don't know who the next guy is if it's a corner at least. Is it is it Harris? You know, is is it uh, obviously Cooper DeGene's gonna get there, but he's he's still young. So I I I have confidence that this this tandem will be probably right on par with what we saw last year, even though you lose Moss and who knows, maybe better, Mark. Because I think Cooper DeGene is every bit as good as Riley Moss is or was, and that says a lot because Moss was here, what, five years and is probably going to get drafted in the top four rounds of the NFL draft. Um, And I think Cooper DeGene's probably got some room for improvement too.
0: And I would say, maybe not necessarily against Iowa's schedule in that division, but across college football, that injuries in the defensive backfield are more catastrophic than anywhere else. For this reason, because you get exposed, because you're playing in space and you can get exposed by elite athletes on the other side.
1: Takes one big play, takes one play to blow, especially in a game like like Iowa likes to play where it's low scoring and it's a game of inches and every, I mean, when you're winning a, a game with more points coming off safeties than on offensive scores, like they did against South Dakota State last year, every single play matters. So, yeah, in the Nebraska game, it was going to be almost impossible for Iowa to overcome a couple of big, big plays on Iowa's corners. Remember, Cooper DeGene went down in that game. That that was the reason why T.J. Hall and and Jamison Hines had to come in. So they will be better for it, but health is always a question mark. One guy I didn't mention right there on the list, number 17, Brendan Diaz-Fernandez, he was on a depth chart last year, I think in the spring, maybe even uh, pre-fall camp, kind of just disappeared. He's another guy. I'll be intrigued to see. Uh, is he healthy? I, I saw he, this is kind of weird, I saw him, uh, there was a post of him and Eric all out at IHOP together, Mark. Uh, they're both Michigan guys. So, uh, j- just reminded me of Brendan, but uh, we'll see what he can do uh, on Saturday as well. Hopefully he's healthy and he's a bigger, bigger uh, DB as well.
0: Excellent stuff out of Corey. We appreciate Corey being here each and every week as we talk Iowa football with all of you here for 89 consecutive weeks on the voice of college football. Check out the other channels. If you want to keep track of uh, teams throughout the big 10 or college football. And of course, Corey's efforts at, uh, from the Hawkeye of the storm. I know that, um, again, th- these always pop on and, kind of hit me across the face when I'm on YouTube doing my various work. And then I hit the homepage and I see phew, from the Hawkeye of the storm and then all these other outlets and I see what you're up to. And, uh, I think recently it's been a few basketball and football commits.
1: Yeah. And I, am we've got more coming. Uh, I still have not gotten a chance to talk formally about Xavier Williams who committed a few days ago at running back. Have not had a chance to talk about Drew Campbell. Uh, so which it's kind of that time of the year, Mark, where you're trying to catch up on everything else uh, involved that goes into running a business and whatnot. So anyways, uh, we'll get to all that. We've got lots of stuff in the transfer portals, hot and heavy, as they say, uh, for basketball and for for football. So that's not showing any signs of slowing down. Um, we'll have a podcast dropping here in the next couple of days with a future Hawkeye. Won't give away who it is, but we'll have we'll have that dropping. And we'll have a, a Hawkeye hangout live Collins show after this the spring game in a week. So uh, yeah, lots of good stuff. We're not going anywhere. Yeah, I'll get let me let me eat some words here. Mark Keith Keith is in the chat. Very good. He may just be trolling, but he <laughs> is in the chat. So thank you, Keith. Yes.
0: So according to Keith, eighth in the Big Ten, if he's accurate on that, and that sounds about right. Uh, I haven't done all the averages to add it up for the last eight years, but uh, eighth in the Big Ten sounds about right, but uh, much better than that on the field.
1: Yeah, I don't know what his point is, but again, good enough for who? For what? For him? Uh, Is Keith even an Iowa fan? My guess is he's not. So, (laughs) anyways... All right, folks, appreciate
0: you being here and uh, keep in mind that uh, whether this is a personal sponsorship or one for your uh, business or company, that um, we can benefit you with a sponsorship here at the Voice of College Football for this particular um, show. And so hit me up at TV at Gmail if you are interested and find out about how we can benefit your brand, your platform, or again, if you are connected to a business as well. All right, Corey, appreciate you being here as always. And uh, we will make it on back here next Tuesday at 430 Central. Sounds good, sir. Take care.